it. <laughs> Hello and welcome or welcome back to Small Talk. I'm Kirsty. And I'm Naomi. Hello, I'm very and, excited for this episode. Ooh, and today we're talking about intersectional feminism. I actually feel underprepared for the first time in this duo because Naomi's got notes today. I know. What? I I'm shook. Yeah, I'm shook. It, it definitely makes Time a change, bug. but this is this is a topic that is it's very close to my heart. Oh, absolutely! And we were just getting in. We're not getting into it. We were just we were well getting into it, but we were both on the same side. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> about um about the Harry and Meghan debacle, and you know it's really funny because I've literally been saying I don't want to see it anymore, and I've had enough, and I don't care. And here I am bringing it up in this about, podcast yeah, that's going out. So I'm sorry, I was, but I said the exact same thing and then I mm. still stayed up until 3am to watch the interview so I mean I'm not gonna lie I might end up watching it but regardless I don't support the royal family never take have. it with a pinch of salt never will yeah I'm not watching it because I love the royals I'm watching it because I want because I want tea to be spilled I want people to be like yeah you t- you tell that truth about them pricks that's the only reason I watched it yeah that's fair so, that's very yeah. valid sorry everyone if you also hear noise I'm eating my dinner this is where my life's at right now. I just don't have enough hours on the day. I've but turned up with really my delicious. notes prepared and you're here. And just I'm having my dinner. <laughs> I can't But it's so you. good. Wow. Mm. Wait, Tell I'm going to chew away from the back foot. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. I hate when people chew loudly. Sorry if any. Okay. Shall, I just, um, shall I just talk then while you're eating? No, no, it's fine. I'm good <laughs> I have enough to keep me going. Okay. Um, I'm having a... It's like a big Yorkshire pudding, like big, like the size of my head, big. My head isn't that big, but like, <laughs> well, maybe it's, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's the size of a, head, a human head and that's big for yeah. a Yorkshire pudding with potatoes, peas, carrots, and sausages in the middle. It's so good. And I never get Yorkshire puddings at home because that's like not part of our family's roast dinner. And mm. I really love Yorkshire pudding. So I treated myself because I didn't have... I forgot to defrost my chicken so that's a life update <laughs> but um we're gonna delve into intersectional feminism because it is of course women's history month but if you ask me every month is women's history month just like every be. month yes. is black history month and every yes, month agreed. is L- lgbtq plus history month mm-hmm. every month is for everyone but today the day that we're recording this is international women's day which is kind of funny but this is obviously going out on Wednesday. But happy late International Women's happy Day. Happy International yeah. Women's Day. Yes. And you can check yeah. out our latest episode of the main podcast, which went out today, International mm. Women's Day. Keep up with me now, everyone. And um, it's all about making moxie moves and doing small things to make a big difference. And um, it's with a wonderful nice. female guest. So you should definitely tune into that. Yeah, but I guess we'll start off by just like, maybe defining what intersectional feminism means to each of us because obviously it's a term that has like a a dictionary definition like most things do but I Mm -hmm. think it's also interesting to see different ways people would describe it if you know what I mean like different yes not takes but like different perspectives maybe different ways Uh, that people like understand it yeah exactly like that yeah when they're like put this into your own words that's us. Yeah. I hate, you miss I those days? hate that. No, I don't miss them at all. I, I used to always them. be like, Miss, do we have a thesaurus? 
Honestly, thesaurus, I think what the thesaurus cheater. is what got me through school. That That's honestly what I did every time I used a yeah. thesaurus. Well, they never every said it was time. cheating, but probably was. It's it's not my words, yeah. I don't feel like it is. I don't feel like it is because you know what you want to write. You're just making it sound better. That's true. Not technically cheating. I don't no, but when it was like put it into your own words and you're reading a quote and then you had to put the quote into your own words, I'd get a thesaurus and find all the words that the quote that were in the quote and find okay, words that to... might <laughs> low key be a little yeah that might low key be that's true. called um initiative everyone I feel you about to say intersectionality and I was gonna be like that's not the same <laughs> no 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 <laughs> and the initiative right do you want do you want to kick it off with what it means to you or do you want me to kick it yeah, off yeah so the yeah? way okay. I understand intersectionality is like mm-hmm. Feminism is something that applies to everyone in the world. I don't think it's just a thing that's like for women because it's mm-hmm. obviously about equality between mm-hmm. the genders. So feminism does also apply to men. But I think intersectionality is a big part of it that a lot of people seem to skim over because they don't understand that feminism or dis- discrimination in general is going to look different for different groups of people. So feminism for me is going to look different to feminism for you because the discrimination that you Mm -hmm. face as a woman we're but we're going to have different like the same experiences of discrimination but you're going to experience different discrimination as a white woman that I would experience as a black woman and also like the intersectionality will come into it because of like how yeah how racism can then affect sexism how someone's um like their sexuality can then like what's I'm losing my words here like how their sexuality will then affect the discrimination that they face yeah towards their gender so intersectionality is essentially just about like how the different parts of a person mm-hmm. like then inter intersect with with feminism yeah Agreed. I don't know if I explained that part. That was no, a lot you of did. Words, that's and like I don't know if I said anything. <laughs> no, that's like similar to mine. I actually guessed it on a podcast recently. I don't actually know when it's coming out, so right. I mean, stay tuned for that. Um, but <laughs> I was actually we spoke about intersectionality a little bit, and um, I came up with this analogy almost like on the spot, and I really like it. Okay. So okay, go on. I like to think of intersectionality apparently now or maybe it was in my brain for a while but I finally managed to put it into words as um and I'll I'll like I'll shift to the feminism side of it after I've explained the intersectionality part if that makes sense mm-hmm. so like I would like to think of intersectionality in general is mm-hmm. that everybody is like a jigsaw puzzle and you exist as like a puzzle with all the pieces together but all of the pieces mm-hmm. also exist individually if that makes sense so like right for instance, like my piece could be like Scottish, another piece could be female or like identifies as a woman, another piece could be like bisexual. Do you know like do you know what I mean? And each of yeah. them almost like each of them is their own picture, but together okay. they form the bigger picture that Which is, is you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the but the thing then to remember is that some people as a result of some of their puzzle pieces have more like discrimination mm-hmm. as a result if that makes sense so like like you were saying like the fact that you're a woman could impact you in one way but the fact that you're black could impact you in a different way but also mm-hmm. you could be discriminated for both of those things at the same time does yeah. that make sense yeah. so it's almost like somebody 
could and also so when it comes to the feminist side feminism when it first exist did existed mm-hmm. <laughs> um like when it first came to be i suppose wasn't necessarily the feminism we know today in a way yes um yeah. it's still something that is evolving and that is why people like to talk about intersectional feminism because feminism was for white women mm-hmm. at first and even then like for white upper and middle class women like the Married. when you look at the voting system yeah. in britain and things like that and like who could vote when uh, the first women that could vote were landowners Mm-hmm. And then it was over 30 and things like that. And it took a long time to become equal. And I'm saying that with like bunny ears because mm-hmm. it wasn't really equal because there was still, for instance, black women who weren't really given an opportunity to vote in the same way. And yeah. also because there wasn't a secret ballot and things like that, nobody could really vote. That's a whole other story, fairly anyway. But um, yeah. so I like to think that intersectional feminism is where you consider all the different people who identify as a woman as I like to say like identify because I think otherwise you're excluding people whose sex is not female yes but they can still experience identify as women yes yeah so like um and I like to think of it that when you are a feminist you do your best to consider how you can raise everyone to the standard mm-hmm. that a white mm-hmm. male heterosexual a white, white man is at male. yeah 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 cisgender is at because everyone else is kind of but it's about considering like the different intersections people have so it's about considering I don't it's hard like do you know what I mean like it's about considering it's a it's like understanding like equality versus equity yeah so it's like we want everyone to get to a position of equality but Mm -hmm. we have to understand that in order to get there we need to go through equity first because not everyone's starting at a level playing field yeah so we want everyone to reach a level playing field but every person's I guess if we're relating it specifically to this everyone's feminism needs to look different because every person is dealing with different things so yeah we can't just say that oh let's just paint everyone with one brush because for uh say like a white cishet woman is mm-hmm. gonna need a different sort of feminism than a let's say black muslim queer woman do you see what yeah. i mean because they're yeah, not yeah. coming from the same playing field so they need different yeah. things in order exactly. to get to the same place agree And it's also like considering that in your own feminism. So like the, obviously you, like everyone wants to have equality for themselves and so they should, but it's also about considering as everyone, I'm not going to say as someone who identifies as a woman, because I think everyone should be a feminism, a feminism, a feminist. Everyone should identify (laughs) as a feminism. That is the new Yeah, I think everyone should be a feminist. And the reason, like, for anyone who's really that dumb that I have to say this, the reason it's obviously called a feminist is because a man doesn't need, uh, like, cisgender man doesn't need, unless unless it's because of a different part of their identity, does mm-hmm. not need ra- raised 
to match anyone because they're already yeah. at the top. Yes. You know, so that's why it's called that. And that's why there's no meninism or International Men's Day because there's 365 days of the year and you've got 364 and we have one. That's why. Yeah. Quite simple. Yeah. Just for anyone who's like, well, I just that's that's all I have to say about that. And don't waste your don't waste your breath talking to anyone like me because it won't end well. Yeah. But um, and now I've gone off topic because I now I forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah. So yeah. So it's like obviously you want to get equality for yourself, but it's also about thinking about what can I do that is going to raise equality. Not not raise like what can I do to help other people other reach people. equality? Yeah. Do you know, like it's yeah. that idea of like, um, if you're, what is that thing that they say? Some of, uh, it's kind of problematic when you think about it, but like a woman should always bring like a, a folded chair kind of thing. Do you know, like insert yourself into, the, to be able to like insert yourself into oh, the room I see. Yeah. always. But you also, I think you also should bring like, a shed load more for everyone else who also deserves to be in that space. Like it's about yeah. taking the space that if you are fortunate enough to exist in a space that you want to be in, but you realize inequalities in it when terms mm -hmm. of like how many women are there also consider in your workplace, how many white women are there? Yeah. So I think it's a case of like, yes, always bring a chair so that you can insert yourself into the conversation, but then you have to think not everybody has access to a chair. So yes, how are you gonna exactly. how are you, so how are you gonna, gonna help them get every how are you gonna get everybody get them, else a chair? Yeah. Like how are you gonna yeah. get them over the gate? You know, like yes, exactly. we're making and some think, weird analogies here, but yeah, no, lots I think of furniture happening, but yeah, I think that's a really good point because I've been seeing a lot um of stuff online recently and it's I think it's like one of the big movements within feminism, especially right now, is this mm -hmm. whole concept of like my body, my choice. So it's yeah. about, you know, letting women choose whether they want to have abortions or however they mm -hmm. want to dress and this and yeah, the yeah, other. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, this is a big thing when it comes to intersectionality is that a lot of this focus is very much on like being very pro-sexual or pro-ho. So it's like saying pro-ho, I, I just like that term. So it's like saying, <laughs> oh, feminism is about allowing women to choose if they want to be, you know, sexual and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that's encouraged, but then you see a Muslim woman choosing to wear the hijab or wear the niqab, and but then but that, and that's a problem, yeah. Yeah, people immediately assume that she's being oppressed just because she's not choosing yes. what feminism looks like to you. But if it's her choice, she should be able to choose to dress modestly if that's what she wants. Yeah, if to that's do. what she wants to if that is part of her identity and that is her decision exactly i actually started this tv show that i actually mentioned on the main episode um called the bold type um it's some it's, some of it's good some of it's like i it's not the most perfect show in the world but i'm here for it i like a good like easy to watch 20 something year olds in new york like working at a magazine but one of the yeah. women one of the women in the one of the characters is dating well, has like a, fl a fling with a Muslim lesbian mm -hmm. and um, it's interesting because there's this scene where she says like you've been a there's well there's this whole thing where she like smuggles vibrators into the country and then she ends up getting like arrested because that's contraband because like, okay. that's illegal um, right. and then there's a scene where she um, 
is asking her well you obviously you're very oppressed by your culture and things like that and you can't be out at home and stuff so why do you wear the hijab like why why do you make that decision yeah um and the woman I feel like the woman who's wearing it makes like a really like it's really interesting she's like not interesting but I think it just really like hones the point home from for people that maybe would straight away think that's oppression where she's like well that's my choice and it also means that then I don't have to live up to unrealistic beauty standards and mm-hmm. I do that for my like I'm not doing it for anybody else I'm doing it for me and I say yeah that's yeah that's like you don't know people like obviously if you know somebody it's different and you know they're being oppressed but if you see someone on the street like you don't know their story like you don't know why they are where they are and I also think when it comes to yeah I think that's a big thing when it comes to religion especially obviously because some religions like historically are quite oppressive towards Mm -hmm. women but you also have to realize that sometimes it's not your place do you know what I mean yeah like I don't know it's a hard one but also if you claim to be like a feminist x y and z and all these things which great I love that good well done like but do you care as much about the woman on the street corner as you Mm -hmm. do about someone sitting in your class next to you like that's something I always come back to because I think you never know, and that uh, there's a whole episode on homelessness, but you mm-hmm. never know why somebody is on the streets. Mm-hmm. And you won't ever know unless you ask them. And personally, like, kind of, I never have, but maybe I would one day, but also then you don't necessarily really know. But also, it's not always really your business. But would it's you true. treat them the same way that yeah. you would treat anyone else? And are you interested in them having equality? in the same way yes. that you're interested in somebody it's you know very like true because I think that class can come into it a lot when it comes to feminism oh 100 percent. yeah like yeah well that's great that she's doing all these like kick-ass female boss owns a power suit things which I'm here I love that it's like I'm here for that but also what what does that mean for people who can't afford those things like are exactly. they not strong badass women because exactly. it's true they can't buy a power suit like come on Mm. now like I think that one of the worst things about feminism is how capitalism is involved and I won't lie like I've I bought things related to feminism like I'm not but typically if I do it's from like a small business or a do you know like from a female-owned small business kind of thing so to me it's almost like do you know like it's like going to something somebody deserving yeah whereas it's very common to get these like t-shirts like big brands with t-shirts with like slogans and things like babe and it's like okay but if the ceo of your multi-billion pound corporate dollar corporation is still a cishet white man then what yeah and like what's the percentage in your business for for not even just women but for women of all identities and can Mm -hmm. do you can you like show me that on paper like I really respect companies that publish that kind of information yeah because yeah you're never gonna have like let's be real it's the the world is not made like it is made of numbers but it's not made of equal numbers and you're never gonna have like exactly like 10% of this 10% of that 10 10 10 like do you know what I mean like 10 just exactly the same percentage 
but normally mm-hmm. you can gauge whether your company's trying or not yeah and it's quite true. obvious that is very i think true. it's that's just like about yeah because then another thing that's interesting about intersectional feminism is um because people often say like well like there isn't many black women working here or there isn't many women working here or there isn't many muslim women working here or whatever but then you have to question do they have Oh, what was it? Something I watched before it was really interesting. Not watched, some, somebody was speaking about it. Um, like, do they have the same level of access to these yes, applications? Because exactly. you have to start from the ground floor up. <clears throat> because can they get the qualifications to look into that job? Is that job ever almost shown to them as a val- valuable option for their life, for their career? Yeah. And that's when it, like, I suppose you could, if you, you want to be more generalistic, I'd say it's better than it used to be. But I suppose like stereotypical jobs that are quite bad for that are like engineering yeah. and things. And I know that that's a big push. But also, I think the people in those positions have to think, am I creating an environment where those where they want to be there welcomed? Because as a black person, I know I definitely think when I'm applying for jobs, how many white people are working in this place? Because if I'm the only black person here, I'm going to feel very uncomfortable. And yeah. that is going to deter me from applying for that job in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's something that people also have to consider. Um, and yeah, I was going to say, what was I going to say before? I was going to, yeah, circling back to the thing about mm-hmm. like Muslim women and people like not allowing yeah, yeah, yeah. them to have their choice in what they're wearing and stuff. Like the big thing, like again, about intersectionality is you often find that conversation just surrounding Muslim women about them choosing to dress modestly. But when it comes to other religions, it doesn't seem to apply. So it's like, what about, you know, nuns? What about veiling Christians or modest yeah, that's, Jews? Yeah, I agree. Don't ever look at those women and think, oh, they're oppressed. But as soon as it's Muslim women, because typically speaking, they're going to be middle eastern or asian and they're going to be of a darker skin complexion Mm -hmm. because obviously race comes into intersectionality big time that's when you will want to look at them and say they're being oppressed because their culture doesn't match up to your white yeah like you wouldn't you don't say that about mormons and to be honest i think i think most of them are being oppressed yeah i I think quite a lot of mormons are being oppressed there Mm -hmm. but people don't say that yeah. like people and people kind of almost well kind of messed up actually laugh about it which is not the best is, but yeah exactly but also yeah they do but people still don't say that and mm. i think that a lot of them are i mean yeah. i can't i i can't be certain but i wouldn't be surprised i can't be certain but mormonism does sound very cult-like to me i'm not gonna lie yeah i mean yeah. if you're listening and you're mormon then sorry but Maybe we need to do more research, but personally, yeah, maybe we do, but yes, personally, not the religion for me. No, no, absolutely not. But then again, I think that does also come back to what you were saying about like it's very easy to see big stars on TV and be like, oh my god, she's doing so great, she's such a boss babe, and she's doing this yeah. And but then how do you treat that woman that you see on the street? Because I had an experience like that a few months ago where i can't i was going somewhere i can't even remember where i was going to but this woman stopped me on the street and she just like was completely distraught she was like crying her eyes out and she Mm -hmm. was telling me this whole story about how she like um had her bags ready packed at home to like leave an abusive relationship and she just needed some money to like get a cab or something Mm -hmm. like that and so i like took some money out i think i gave her like like got out like 20 pounds for her to buy this cab 
because part of me was like she could be lying and she could just want this money to like but what if she's not drugs but what if she's not what if she genuinely yeah. is in that situation am i gonna be that person that stands in the way of her and her kids escaping this abusive relationship and i also think it's a, such a hard one because the reality is even if even if somebody she's not, and was she using it for that badly yeah if somebody was yeah. using it for drugs like that is a an addiction and that's not do you exactly. know what i mean like that and is like actually like an illness would, it's the not fact that like she a... spin that whole story and be able to literally cry in front of me means yeah. that her life is in a place where she's that desperate and i'm just yeah. like if you need that moment of solace to like and those drugs are going to give you that then like this 20 pounds is not going to change my life that much but it's going to mm-hmm. change your life yeah exactly and I think that's another thing that people are really fast to judge on is people who Mm -hmm. do take drugs and like I will like personally I I never would and I know like but I think that because yes you should like there's a whole culture around drugs and also it is very like pushed on you not to do so and Mm -hmm. I'm all here for that because it's not good for you but I think that you also you need to not it's hard when it's somebody you know right like when it's somebody you're close to it's a different a different thing but you need to stop judging strangers for having either a drug addiction or having like alcoholism because the reality is that that is like that is an uh like it's like an illness but it's also like a it's a psychological thing like it's not Mm -hmm. it's not um not Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like a, it's not really a choice. Yes. Well, actually, no, Philly, it is not a choice. Mm-hmm. When you're at the addictive state, it's not a choice. And you don't know why somebody got there. And I just think mm-hmm. that you can't, like, yeah, obviously you don't want to enable them. But mm-hmm. I also think, like, yes, try, if it's somebody you know, try and get them help. But also just remember that, like, there's still people which yeah. I know is easier said than done when like somebody who's like very like off their head on something that like, comes into your face and and because sometimes like people will be abusive and that is scary and I completely understand that like and I have felt that way too but I think I can be quite quick to judge somebody in that situation but women mm-hmm. that are in those situations you don't know why they're there you don't know if they exactly. were mentally escaping in a emotional yeah abusive relationship you, you don't, don't know, know what caused them yeah, you don't know yeah. what caused them to take that first drug that then led to the addiction. And yes, I just think 100%. you have to you have to just consider that. I obviously if somebody is actually like like if somebody is actually like tripped tripped out kind of thing and is like physically putting you in danger, obviously you're gonna have some level of judgment towards that just because you're scared for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of fair play, but I think it's important after that experience to be able to kind of take yourself away from it and consider, do you know, obviously like once you've got past, hopefully nothing bad has happened. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think it's easy when you see somebody a bit like in people's faces and that is scary in the moment, but I think when it's done, you just need to be like, oh, actually we don't know why why they're behaving like that kind of thing yeah i think just in general as a society we just need to stop victim blaming people so much Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to see the consequences of a situation and not and judge it without thinking to the situation in the first place so you've seen someone who 
has a drug addiction and you've just gone well that was stupid because they're choosing to take the drugs but you haven't looked at yeah you haven't seen the beginning or the middle you're only looking at the end exactly you've seen a woman who's coming out and saying that she's been assaulted or raped and you're immediately going well what was she wearing where was she was she intoxicated this and the other uh without thinking of who was the person that did that to her and why and are we allowing them to get away with it by wasting time blaming the victim instead of holding the perpetrator accountable Mm -hmm. and why are we not teaching i think we probably are now but like why weren't we teaching um like consent yes and why because now we do actually teach that um Mm -hmm. why weren't we teaching that long before now and not just to boys to be honest i just to everyone everyone. because i think it's important you know it Mm-hmm. as a because I also think otherwise as a like regard let's just say it's a victim because I I don't because I think that you can be sexually assaulted from like statistically it's more likely to happen if you identify as female but mm-hmm. it, it is possible yeah it is yeah. possible so that I don't want to generalize so I'm just gonna say it's important that somebody who could be a victim is aware of what consent mm-hmm. means so they can yes. prevent essentially is essentially prevention it's yeah. like that whole medical thing prevention is better than treatment yeah like but I think prevention is better like, than like dealing with the trauma afterwards yeah but then i think it's important for everyone to know because someone who could potentially be oh yeah no no exactly the abuser, could potentially they, be the abuser. People, i think there's a lot of people who hear this buzzword consent float around but even they still don't fully understand that and they think they had consent but they didn't people don't understand that coercion is not consent if you are if you have to ask someone five times to sleep with you and they say no and then the sixth time they say yes that's not consent no because you've forced them into it just -hmm. because someone has slept with you once doesn't mean they want to sleep with you and also just because they're like the second time out with you doesn't mean just because they're like making out with you doesn't mean they want to keep going Exactly. it's just about asking and i'm not gonna lie like it's sexy it's when somebody asks me 100 if somebody asks me for consent what a turn on and if they don't yeah. i'm leaving anyway so yeah exactly but exactly. I, like it's just like it's even honestly even when you're gonna make out with someone like yeah. obviously if you're in like a full-time relationship maybe you don't need to you can probably judge each other a little bit better mm-hmm. but like when you're first dating somebody i think you should always yeah ask because mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. like i've i've been in a situation where somebody has just like thrown themselves on me and then stuck their tongue down my throat and that is a yeah. self and that's not okay yeah. at no. any age and it's definitely not okay when you're 17 and it's supposed it supposedly is your first kiss that's uh, not like that's not i'm not okay like and it's I'm taken so me years to, to go through that yeah it's taken me years to be like that was fucked yeah. but that is just like no but yeah, yeah i think also that's another thing like you can't be a feminist for some things and not for others so like mm-hmm. you can't be like oh yeah um like women are smart women are i don't know like women are smart they're female bosses they're entrepreneurs they're this they're that but then but say, they shouldn't be politicians or or yeah or then say but um they shouldn't wear short skirts yeah but, they or say like shouldn't oh dress like this or they shouldn't wear this makeup yeah. or yeah. saying like oh a woman can wear whatever she wants because it's her body and her choice but 
I am pro-choice and I don't think anybody should be allowed to have abortions. Yeah, like, like it does. The math ain't mathin. It's it doesn't add up. It's your body, your choice. Exactly. If you're if you're not pro-abortion, like if you're pro-life, good. You keep it. Your your body. Yeah, exactly. But it's not your business if it's not your body. Exactly. It's, and I think people misunderstand what that means. It. Like, pro-choice doesn't mean every single person that ever gets pregnant has to have an abortion. It means, it means if they have you a choice. get pregnant. Exactly. It means if you get pregnant and you are against abortion, you don't have to have an abortion. But that doesn't mean you get to decide whether someone else can have an abortion. That's not what that Absolutely means. Absolutely not. And it doesn't matter the reason somebody, I mean, obviously we're both pro-choice and it yeah. doesn't matter the reason somebody, if you don't agree with this and sorry, don't listen to the podcast. It doesn't matter the reason that somebody is having an abortion. Exactly. It doesn't it's matter. Business. It's just as valid for somebody to have, obviously the trauma involved is completely mm-hmm. different, but it's just as valid for somebody to have an abortion because they do not want a child and it was an accident as it is for somebody who has been abused and has ended yeah. up in this state. There is as, no- As it is for someone who's doing it for medical reasons and the pregnancy yeah. could potentially kill them. Like, it doesn't matter what the reason is. It's their body and it's their decision. If they yeah. know they can't bring that child into a life worth living, then mm-hmm. honestly, that's a good decision because so many children in this world- are in lives that they like they're not obviously they're all in lives worth living but they are all in lives so many children in lives that they just simply could have been in a better place you know what I mean and I don't mean in terms of like class or anything like that I mean in terms of love just like actually having a parent who cares for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm all for like surrogates and everything but yeah and all those people are like oh we'll just put it up for adoption first of all are you going to bring a child all the way to term that you have no intention of keeping potentially Mm -hmm. ripping your entire body apart and second of all are you going to adopt all of those hundreds of thousands of children that are in the foster care system in the adopted system being trafficked disappearing being abused are you adopting all of those children because if not then I don't want to hear what you have to say about yeah. just put the child up for adoption because that is not necessarily a better life for that child you no. can't guarantee that no I agree I think so if something happens <laughs> and people do end up in an in adoption then that is the care system just kind of sucks and we need to work on that as a mm-hmm. nation but I think if that happens that doesn't do you know what I mean like the child can still have a good life it's just a thing that we have to work as a society to make better if that makes sense yeah Yeah. but yeah I just um I just think your body your choice but I also think like I do think financially you should know that you're going to be able to but life happens is the other thing I want to say like we're not parent shaming anyone out here life happens but um I do think it's smart if possible to consider whether you can afford a child but as I said like life happens but Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to realize that children are not like sometimes yeah but also sometimes children are not neglected their family are just not well off and it's important to realize that difference because to Mm -hmm. accuse a family that's actually extremely loving Mm -hmm. and extremely supportive of neglect to a child simply because they're working like five jobs but still are struggling to like do the laundry every week 
is just mm-hmm. not okay and yeah. then a then child that, that... who's privileged and is has like five nannies but never doesn't even know like their mum's name like mm-hmm. that's not that's neglect, then I think really. again that comes down to this whole thing of intersectionality and accepting cultural differences yeah because certain cultures people will raise their children differently to other cultures mm-hmm. and just because that culture is different to yours doesn't mean that they're raising their children wrong just because oh, yeah, it's not exactly. the same way that you would raise your child in the exact same way that feminism is going to look different in every every different culture and every different religion and just because it doesn't look like how yours does doesn't mean it's wrong exactly, it just means that that's how feminism applies to them mm-hmm. well I think we will round it off there because I know that Naomi has a poll class Oh, and um outing me. yes i, I have do. some oh well i think that's epic who <laughs> <laughs> knows outing well, you <laughs> i have just, some i say flat- that just because i'm not good yet i'd be okay. fine for you to out me if i was a lot <laughs> okay. better at it than i currently am <laughs> got you got you um i have some planning to do so you can see he's living the better life tonight but you know it's fine um happy international women's day to happy me in my paperwork but yeah. <laughs> um yeah thank you everyone for listening um, please let us know your thoughts on interse- intersectional feminism. I mean, there's so much to discuss about it. And mm. I, I think it is so interesting. And there's still so much that we're learning. And I'm sure you're learning. And also, we will be learning our entire lives because yes, the world changes every every second. So yeah. And mm. I know that might be scary, but it's not really. It's it's kind of fun. But um, yeah. hello and welcome or welcome back to small talk i'm kirsty and i'm naomi hello i'm very excited for this episode and today we're talking about intersectional feminism